It's a Michaela Grady. What's going on, Gil? Not much. How are you, Matt? I'm eternally grateful that one of the most famous show Gil's or uh, show persons, uh, if you're woke, uh, is on the phone with me right now. And I think you're going to become Baylor, Bonham, and Stock Martin famous from this deal. Well, I'm excited. Have you talked to your dad about it? Oh, uh, yeah. I mentioned it and mentioned that I was doing it with Liv, and he was just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. I I, I might have mentioned him in one of my podcasts this morning, uh, just goofing off, and uh, I hope hope he doesn't mind. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was just like we were talking about how successful you two girls were, and if you put your wins on a teetotter, which side of the teetotter would be heavier with all your trophies? And uh, Kevin Mears said... He wasn't going to go there because he was scared of Todd Caldwell. And I said, have you ever met Brad Grady? That guy is serious. <laughs> yeah, not... Todd Caldwell is pretty much a teddy bear compared to that guy. I've seen that guy. He wears <laughs> some jujitsu. He shoes me sometimes. Good job. That was a good job. You know, you know what we call that on the podcast? But what Olivia just did was interjecting, and that was good. I liked how you did that, young lady. Good job. I want you girls to poke fun at me because that's – Part of the appeal of my show. She's pretty good at <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, we'll make it fun and we'll make it interesting. Of two of the most incredible and successful showgirls. I, I don't want to make it sound weird. So what should I say? Show women? Or should I be woke and say show persons? Or what should I call you? I think showgirls. If I say it with my Watt voice where I say showgirls. It just sounds a little bit weird, <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of my new thing is this, instead of saying girls, it's girls. My girls. Hey, whatever works for us. All right. Sounds good. Well, I'm here with the two most successful and dominating show girls of the last 15 years. Gosh, it might be longer than that. I would have to go back into my into my history book to know who has been more successful than Olivia Caldwell and Michaela Grady. But uh, I guess I, nothing leaps to mind. So I'm just going to say you're the most two successful show girls of the last 100 years in the show cattle industry. And little old Matt Lautner gets the chance to interview you. Uh, heck, we should have invited Sarah Sullivan tonight because that would be the other show girl that uh, has had a lot of success. Her success has been in the breeding heaven. And uh, as far as steers go, y'all had an amazing career. And uh, I can't thank you enough for joining me this evening. Well, thank you for having us. Yep, thank you, you bet. Just start with a brief overview about when you got started. Like Olivia, I know you grew up in the deal. Uh, Michaela, I, I personally would be interested to know when you, how you got involved uh if you if you were always thinking about it growing through your youth or if you just decided i have no idea if you started at eight or if you started at 13 but my recollection of you is you just kind of showed up at 13 or 14 years old and you basically just won every show you ever went to for about five years so i'm sure that i have that wrong but if you could set the record straight i would appreciate it go ahead yeah um so i actually started showing pigs um when I was about eight in 2010. But prior to that, I actually have an older brother and he was showing goats and sheep. 
and kind of grew fond of all of that, but wasn't real big in the sheep and goat deal. So we started out with pigs, um, did that for a couple for, I mean, I did that all up until I was done showing, but, um, got rolling on that there for a few years, um, had some success and then decided to dabble into the cattle barn. Um, started that in 2014, I guess it would have been that summer, got me some calves, um, that spring and then started doing that and kind of history. And I showed both, I showed both those species until I was done, but got started a little later in the cattle deal in comparison to like live. Oh yeah. Well, that's, I guess I'm glad that you mentioned your show pig career. You know why? Because I'm, I'm just dabbling in the show pig deal now. I interviewed a little judge by the name of Andy Rash today. Me and Rash were uh, pretty good running buddies back in, when I was your guys' age, when I was 20, 21 years old. And uh, then he went on to rich and successful things. And he, uh, he has many leather-bound books. And his uh, house smells of rich mahogany. And my house is just a little country bumpkin house in the middle of the woods. But Andy has been amazing in terms of the shows that he's judged. I don't know if you two have ever uh, shown Actually, pigs. Um, yeah, first first major everyone was under Andy Rash. And um, there you go. Yep. I did not know that. I'm I'm I feel I'm blushing right now. This is an audio <laughs> podcast, but my face is red because I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, Andy only lives like he lives in Kiwan. He's only about 35 minutes away from the house. And actually, I'll never forget it. I don't know what year it would have been, but the first year that uh, Andy's oldest daughter, Avery, ever showed up uh, guilt at the Warpork Expo. Uh, I actually uh, showed it with her for the very first time, and we've always been family friends since. He's one of my favorite humans to listen to on the mic. He's a great guy. Man, he's. I said it earlier in a podcast, but I'll say it again for effect. He is the greatest orator of my generation, including JFK and Michael Jackson. So uh, I guess uh, I would like to tell, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go real long. I would like to have you guys on more than once, but I want to, I want to tell a story about each one of your show career. And then if we uh, meet back here in a week or so, maybe we could tell another story or maybe we could do some a series style like the Baylor Bottom and the Stock Martin. You'll just have to ask yourself if you want that kind of fame because uh, those guys were as famous as Fuzzy Zellner, the 1947 national championship team captain that scored 31 points a game with 17 rebounds and four and a half steals. So, I mean, are you Goyles interested in that level of fame and fortune? Sounds good to me. Specific to Michaela with the first question. There was a run that you went on that I am aware of, and maybe there was a longer run that I'm not aware of. But one year ending in Denver when Glover's edged you out for reserve, previous to that, to my recollection, I think you had won five straight majors. Do you remember that run? Yeah, 2018 Denver, which is January 2018, would have been the end of the run. And I'm not trying to make light of the end of the run. I'm just saying it was like Grady's. Because y'all had won, I believe, Phoenix, Kansas City, Louisville. I mean, yes, I, I think you'd won the previous four or five majors is what I'm getting at. And in golf, they call that the Tiger Slam because you'd won every major in uh, a wraparound calendar year. So, I mean, if you had any, I know that 
you've had a very successful career and I want to, I want to do whatever you'd like to do for this first interview and we can go longer, uh, in a week or whenever we do our next one. But I guess my question to you is, do you have any cool stories from that run? Or, uh, you know, I, I know that Bobby Maddox helped you. We need to get Bobby on the show, but, uh, didn't know if you could tell just a story or two from that magnificent tiger slam run that you had. Yeah, no, it was incredible. Um, that was actually the first year that Bobby and Mandy would have been helping us. And, um, yeah, it, it was unreal. Um, every show you went to, um, we went to, we were doing real well at. And it was just, I, if I'm being real honest, I don't think I took it all in at the moment. But mm-hmm. looking back, it was just, it's something that I'll always cherish. And that was definitely incredible. And then getting edged out in Denver, I mean, we knew it could we always knew it could happen along the road, but you know, sure. we were just thankful to have yeah. a ride like that. And unbelievable. Lovers yeah. had to get in there, then uh, still a good calf. So you can't really be mad at the big stage at Denver. Oh. oh, it's just amazing. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I like these sports analogies, but it's like, it was almost like the Chicago I Cubs, which is a triple triple a farm club team beating the New York Yankees. Because you you all had your your train running so fast, and it's just you know it's it's just like beating Ohio State football if you're little old Michigan. Uh, it's tough to do, <laughs> and uh, you know those times when it does happen, you're you're thankful. But on the other hand, I mean just just your overall success is incredible, and I want you to be proud of it. And I uh, darn sure can't wait to hear more stories from you going forward because it's truly one of the awesome success runs of uh the last 20 years for sure moving on to you olivia i don't know if you have a specific story this is kind of what we did with baylor and stock in their first interview but uh if you had a specific story of a calf tell me about mario the the first undefeated season since the 19 i I misquoted myself the other day i said 1976 in todd's interview it's actually the 1972 miami dolphins went 17 and 0 winning the super bowl and the only other uh franchise to do that in the last 40 years is old super mario going eight and known undefeated as a prospect and grand champion at the american royal tell me the story that calf was one that I will sure never forget. You know, he, I'll never forget. I was real young at the time. It would have been 2000 fall. And my, my dad had, we had decided a few years before that if I wanted to do it show a calf and do this thing, then we were going to do it. And here come this skinny green calf in. And my dad looked at me and goes, Hey, go look at this pit, this calf in the first pin. And whatever I go out there. And at the time, Jared Boyer was working up at Blackhawk and was on the judge team and him and I were super super close I did everything with Jared and he looked at me and goes Liv I think that calf's pretty good and at the time I I was real young so I I remember him but not to the point that they did and he looked at me and goes that's going to be a fun run And, and it for sure was one of those things where I will never forget it the best part about him was his personality we have the runs at our house right up along the road and we have a middle alley that you can walk down from our barn to the house and you walk mm-hmm. down there and he would just chase you and just chase me down the runs. It, he, he was second to none personality. Everything was the coolest thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. And it, it was incredible. Yeah. And just a little bit of backstory that I'm aware of, uh, just is a unique story through the, uh, 
middle 2000s. I don't know when uh, your papa and uh, Patty Vicklin stopped doing business. It was one of them years before that steer came along. And I believe that Todd was, uh, you know, hosting her sales at that point on CW or whatever it was. And uh, it was just a unique transition from Todd dominating with uh, steers that he sold, Patty, uh, to that year, uh, scooping that one up, bringing them back to Illinois. And, I mean, I guess I'm not trying to make it more than it is. It's just interesting that there was an outstanding run for the Vicklin kids, and then that transitioned itself to a... Uh, one of the most dominating steers ever. I mean, he, you would have to say he's one of the all-timers. Another personal story to me about that steer in particular. Uh, in 2008 and 2009, I uh, sold two Patty O'Malley heifers to Charlie Wilson that were grand uh, at the Junior Nationals both years. Anyways, I don't know if it was the 2008 or 2009 year, but uh, Bicklin's were reserved to Charlie one of them years with that Ollie mother to your steer. So yep. that's a uh, unique a unique show heifer. She was good as a show heifer. She was even better as a cow. I think they had a lot of success before, during, and after your run. But uh, dang sure, kind of cool that I could tell two stories that you didn't even have to tell me. I just knew two stories about that cow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm at Blackhawk right now, finishing up here. Um, I'll graduate next week on the or this week on the twentieth. Then I'm transferring to A&M in the fall, and we'll try to get my master's and hopefully work on to my doctorate in pharmaceuticals and animal nutrition. You bet. And how about you, And then I just ended my freshman year at Lakeland in uh, Mattoon, Illinois, where I'm an ag transfer student and will probably further my education at OSU after I graduate. And then after that, I'm really not sure what I want to do, but I know I just want to stay involved in this industry. You know what I wanted to do when I was U2's age? What? I wanted to go to shows and try to win. Them. So uh, <laughs> it took me till I was like 31 years old before I knew, yes, yes, I want to be a cowboy and I want to do this forever. But I really, I mean, <laughs> not, not to be a smarty pants, but... Uh, I just simply didn't know what I wanted to do with my life through my teenage years and through my 20s. And then finally, when I hit 30, 31 years old, I got married. and I was like, let's just do this cow thing for the rest of my life. <laughs> that pretty well, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I have the best story about the first time I ever met Michaela Grady and what oh I did to her. God. There you go. It'd be personal to both of you. That'd be perfect. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. First year that I'd ever shown at Denver, my dad introduced me to Bobby and Mandy Maddox, who then worked to work for Grady. I obviously knew who Michaela was, whatever. Well, Kansas City this year, um, a, a, one of, of, a mutual friend of ours uh, asked me if I wanted to go to dinner with them anyway. Oh. So I ended up going to dinner with Grady's and Maddox's after Kansas City. We're at Texas Day Brazil. You can about imagine it's us. We have Baylor. Oh, my God. There's it's so Baylor nice. There. I love it. There's Baylor Bonham. I mean, everybody's there. And we decide we want to go to the arcade. Just the kids. We get the okay, whatever. We're leaving. Well, you just got to know me. I'm going to be weird. I I'm a weird human. I and hey, people I call me unique, too. I can relate to you there. I'm so unique. You're not weird. weird. It's unique. You're, so, weird I don't know if people know what a cool <laughs> Or not like not the what? food, but like the corn. <laughs> I'm not sure if people yeah. know that is not deep, the food. Deep fried uh, hot dog on a stick. Yeah, 
Well, it's really like a corn dog is when not the food, but is when you, you shove your knee to someone's butt. And oh my gosh! Oh, so my anyway, gosh. yeah. That's, so anyway, so you corn dog Michaela Grady? Yeah, and no, she fell down in the middle of the mid. Oh. And I girl before i've never met her this is the first time i've ever hung out with her and i did it to be funny because i think it, i thought it was hilarious and she falls down in the middle of the texas day brazil and is crawling it's, on the floor it's really out. amazing that you two even talk to each other anymore yeah, oh yeah the best friend ever since <laughs>